Hello and welcome to the CTO show with Mehmet. I'm your host Mehmet and in each episode I'm exploring the latest trends, insights and strategies in topics like cybersecurity, digital transformation, emerging technologies, startups and entrepreneurships. From thought leaders and innovators to entrepreneurs and founders, we will hear from experts across a wide range of industries who are driving change and making an impact in the world of tech and business. Thank you for tuning in today and let's get started. Today I have with me Jacob who is uh, joining me from Poland. Jacob is the CEO of uh, Orbify, uh, which is a, uh, I, I will let you Jacob explain that to the audience because you will do it the best way. Thank you for being on the show today and please can you introduce yourself and your company. Sure. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Mehmet, for having me here. It's a big pleasure. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Jakub Dziwisz, and I'm the CEO of uh, Orbify. Our company is uh, building uh, a platform uh, that transforms uh, geospatial data and satellite imagery into fully uh, functional uh, web applications, interactive dashboards, and uh, reliable APIs. Uh, and uh, if you are wondering uh, why, right, what's uh, interesting in it, uh, recently we started focusing a lot on the uh, nature-based solutions and, and forest vertical especially, because this is a super uh, important uh, area, important for, for the entire planet. If you think about uh, all the people uh, over the world, right, that are taking care of the forests, uh, there are two main reasons why they do this. Uh, some of them, uh, they care, they, they, they look after forests, they, they plant forests just for, for, for present, for now, right? To uh, have timber that uh, they can use to heat their homes, to have uh, timber that can be used to build furniture or other houses uh, or uh, to produce palm, palm oil and uh, other types of, uh, of food. Uh, so this is one group. The other group uh, is people planting, taking care of forests for the future, for the future's generations uh, to make sure that our planet stays as... Uh, beautiful as green uh, as it is uh, right now and this is uh, no less important goal both these uh, types of people need uh, to understand what is the conditions uh, what is the conditions of the reserves plantations and uh, this is where earth observation comes into place by using satellites uh, and i don't know if you know but there is over 1000 satellites orbiting the earth collecting terabytes of data every minute by using data coming from these satellites uh, we can provide people uh, who want to plant, grow healthy forests uh, with actual up-to-date information about uh, factors like uh, forest crown cover. So what percentage of the area is covered with crowns? Uh, and uh, is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Is, is there some uh, unwanted deforestation taking place? Let's imagine that, uh, Mehmet, uh, you are working for a, a forest department uh, in... Uh, Oh, Lebanon, right? Uh, we are we are talking to to, to smart people from Lebanon that uh, are reforesting uh, their uh, their country, uh, and uh, they need to understand. Okay, is there some illegal logging taking place? Is our plantation growing healthy? The other question you may be asking to yourself is: uh, What is the health of 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 my forest? Uh, is there some pest attacking uh, the trees? Uh, maybe there is uh, drought that is making the trees in certain area of of our let's say five hundred 
hectares uh, of, of plantation, uh, making the trees uh, actually dying. Should we do something about it? So should we maybe send our operators on the ground to take care of this? And then the other question uh, you may be asking yourself is, what is the above ground biomass, the amount of organic carbon that is stored, right? Organic carbon uh, is something that uh, is making the headlines uh, now and then, uh, because we want to have uh, less uh, CO2, less methane in the atmosphere and more actually sequestered uh, down the plant so that we slow down uh, the uh, greenhouse uh, effect. Uh, and this is another thing that you want to be measuring. All of those things are easily doable with satellites uh, and uh, the easiest way of actually measuring these parameters of your forest plantation is on Orbify. Uh, so this is uh, what we are doing. And uh, to I'm glad to be talking to you today because uh, just like we, we just discussed before the show, yeah. uh, for the CTO perspective, from the technical perspective, this is super interesting area where uh, there are not that many tools that makes CTOs, product people, lives easier. Yeah, James, thank you very much. It was very like detailed explanation. One thing I'm wondering, so you take the data that comes from the satellite and you presented in a useful format to businesses. Is that right? I get that. That's correctly. correct. I yeah. would even say that it's not only about presenting, but transforming, processing the data because data alone, uh, satellite data is like like here, right? It's a beautiful <laughs> image uh, you can uh, hang on the wall uh, and it looks good in your uh, in your uh, saloon, a living room. Uh, but if you want to get to insights, then uh, you will have to process multi-spectral uh, information and, uh, for example, um, come up with insights about amount of chlorophylls that is uh, contained in the in the leaves of the trees. Okay, and do you, I believe that you have to target with these satellites operators to take the data and then yourself to do the representation and you know, whatever the nice work, right? Am I correct? That's okay. correct. Okay, that's, that's great. You talked a lot about, you know, the forest protections, which is, I think it's something very noble and uh, I believe everyone should be caring about the environment. But what are other like use cases that people can benefit from the data that you present to them? Of course. Uh, so uh, among uh, our customers, uh, we have a really uh, interesting company from uh, Denmark that uh, is uh, monitoring peatlands. Uh, so uh, peat storages, uh, which is uh, another form of uh, uh, of. of uh, carbon that is sequestered uh, in the in the ground but uh, we can expand further it's not only about uh, ground it can be about um, maritime monitoring and uh, for example another uh, super interesting croatian company that we are working with uh, is using orbify to monitor uh, fuel spills uh, so let's say that there is a ship that uh, has uh, some sort of uh, problems with with the engine and then fuel spills into into the ocean or there is a tanker right that uh, spills uh, the oil that, that they yeah. are transporting into the ocean and this can uh, lead to uh, huge damage that is made to all the ocean uh, wildlife uh, if you detect this oil spills quickly you can react you can send some uh, reaction some some troops to to take uh, care of of the oil uh, and and save uh, animals save the beaches uh, 
if you react fast, because if you uh, if you are unable to detect it quickly, then uh, wind waves will make the oil uh, go over all the ocean, and uh, it won't be easy to, uh, to 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 prevent the damage that is making. Right. So they're working on this, uh, but we can go even beyond nature protection. Satellites uh, are not only about um, about wildlife protection. Uh, another use case uh, we are working on is. Uh, for for some with some Polish company actually we were working on vessel detection and vessel detection mm -hmm. on the one hand yes it can be about illegal fishing because one third of the fish uh, we are eating is caught illegally I'm not sure if you knew uh, but it can be about many other things it can be uh, about uh, well some war time activities some uh, some naval forces uh, trying to sneak in right so uh, vessel identification is a super interesting uh, thing on its own but then we can think about uh, renewable energy production and uh, we have a pleasure of, of working with a super interesting uh, Norwegian company who has uh, very advanced uh, algorithms uh, that are uh, identifying classifying um, solar panels photovoltaics installations uh, and uh, based on their learnings uh, they they are able to say okay this photovoltaics farm is able to produce that much energy and actually the weather over the next uh, 24 hours will be this so we are predicting that uh, they will uh, give into the grid uh, that much energy and this is uh, interesting for the for the photovoltaics company but also for uh, for uh, managers of the uh, of the entire power grid in a certain area and then we can move forward uh, it's not only about photovoltaics it's not only about renewable energy uh, it's about uh, it's about uh, agriculture uh, and uh, we are uh, working with uh, some smart people uh, who are estimating the uh, amount of organic carbon in the soil uh, and uh, soil moisture uh, to tell farmers okay in this patch of land uh, your corn will grow really nicely uh, because uh, there is enough carbon uh, there is it is uh, moist wet enough uh, to, to 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 make the corn grow well and actually uh, down there uh, it's much better if you plant let's say grapes uh, because uh, the soil is very mineral uh, very dry uh, so it's no use for for typical crops but actually grapes will grow uh, really well in this right so they are using uh, orbify they're using satellite imagery to estimate to assess uh, what uh, what type of soil works best and then we can talk about uh, not only uh, nature but we can talk about human settlements urban settlements and uh, predicting uh, how the urban sprawl uh, affects uh, the surrounding terrain, uh, also uh, assessing uh, air quality. Uh, a couple of months ago, uh, I, I spoke to uh, one of the people from uh, Copenhagen municipalities, uh, you know, capital of Denmark, uh, rich uh, city, and ten percent. They realized that ten percent of people, ten percent of inhabitants of beautiful, rich Copenhagen, are dying due to air diseases uh, sorry due to diseases caused by poor air quality this wow. is surprising right because I, I i would be like 
Uh, it's it's a coastal city. There is a lot of wind. There is not so much factories, but 10%. And they decided to do something. Um, they decided to revitalize the city. Uh, so uh, they analyzed uh, patterns of air quality over uh, districts of, of Copenhagen. And based on this, they said, okay, uh, in clean areas, we will build more... Uh, Parks uh, will uh, build uh, more places where where children can can play outside, and in those more polluted areas, well, of course, we will not uh, demolish the parks, but uh, we will put some domes under which under those domes people mm -hmm. uh, will be able to have meetups, and they will not have to breath uh, this uh, unhealthy air. We'll put domes over the bus stops in those uh, more polluted areas of the cities. Uh, so uh, this is the information that's actually uh, used in, in Copenhagen uh, to decide how the city develops, how the city revitalizes. And uh, well, this is just a couple of use cases. I, I could go on and on, but I'm not sure wow. we have that many hours. Yeah, 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 actually, it's very fascinating because to see um, usually the I mean, people think that satellites are only for communication. Satellites are, you know, like the traditional espionage, yeah, military. Yeah. yeah, the traditional use cases, but it's very nice to see. Uh, I'm a big believer in the power of data, right? And, and you know, because mm -hmm. you build the data sets and you prepare the models for people. So it's nice use cases, I would say. The question, again, it came just to my mind now. I don't want to deep to dig too much technical but i mean because you, usually when we talk about satellite images and all this i believe the data is not always real time right so because it's you're gonna build something historical am i correct mm -hmm. uh, there are multiple uses right so uh, if we are talking about air quality over copenhagen actually it's super important for us to be able to uh, mm -hmm. look into the look into the past and uh, see the patterns over over the years actually so maybe we're looking like three years into the past to see okay in january it is this in february this is this in march this this usual right so we need a uh, long span of data but then uh, when you when we are talking about uh, illegal fishing and uh, you want to be able okay uh, as a coast guard i want to decide which area of, of the bay we should be patrolling more often uh, here uh, actually you will want to have uh, as much real-time data as, as possible yeah. and so with all this new space constellations uh, this uh, new real-time is becoming closer to real uh, real-time uh, so uh, you are right that if we're talking about Landsat program Sentinel, uh, here we've got usually at least one day of, of delay. But then uh, when we are talking about some new space constellations, it's it's sometimes down to hours. Uh, and I know that some of them are working to, to bring it down to even minutes. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I was looking at the way, I mean, obviously you, are a, you offer this service as a software as a service, right? As a SaaS offering. Yeah. Um, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first time when I was looking to the to the way, so you price it based on the square meter, right? This is the way that mm -hmm. you, you, you do it. Okay. Um, because, you know, when we think about SaaS, we think about number of users, we think about, you know, a couple of other things. But it's, it's nice to see also how, you know, this satellite imagery, um, I mean, technology was also brought to to a SaaS model so you know congratulations on this uh jacob um Thank one you. more th one more thing actually i out of curiosity i wanted to ask you like i'm sure that you have seen a problem you have seen a pain somewhere that drove you to start orbify what was that you know 
as they say, the aha moment that, okay, I need to start something to, to solve this problem. And you did that with Orbify. Yeah, well, I think it's like with uh, all great business idea uh, that they are started with uh, two or more people uh, confronting each others and, and uh, presenting totally different uh, ways of uh, looking at, at the world, right? Like uh, the entire travel tech business, uh, it started uh, from uh, one uh, American Airlines executive and one IBM executive uh, on the same flight uh, <laughs> talking to each other how painful it is uh, to book a seat on a, on a flight and that this whole uh, system of uh, booking uh, flights uh, flight seats uh, with uh, you know boxes representing planes and then uh, spots in the boxes uh, yeah. you put cards in the boxes and when the box is full then it means you're you sold out uh, all the all the seats on the plane uh, it was uh, somewhere in the in the in the 60s uh, when they had this conversation this is how uh, this whole computer reservation system got started for me, well, it wasn't a flight. Actually, it was a phone call I received uh, from a uh, from a colleague uh, back from from my university days. Days a guy I met twenty years ago, and uh, he was telling me how frustrating it is uh, for him and his wife, with whom they started an Earth observation consultancy, uh, to deal with all this manual processing. Like uh, when the customer comes to their company, they need to contact uh, their providers first, and then uh, they will call satellite constellation and say, okay maybe we need uh, this uh, pictures over this area then they'll wait for for pictures uh, to arrive then they will download it from ftp you know this archive oh. protocol uh to to their computers then on their computers not in the cloud but on their computers they will process uh, the imagery to get to some results and since we are talking about gigabytes of data uh, well it's uh, processing may take uh, time overnight uh, luckily download is not a problem right because with fiber it's it's uh, just a couple of hours but uh, with um, with uh, when you are trying to process when you are trying to do some advanced stuff on your laptop it's yeah, you, you leave it overnight then you come the next day and you are uploading a bunch of images to an, another piece of software uh, you are doing some analysis you are taking a screenshot you are pasting this screenshot into a pdf you are attaching this PDF to an email uh, and you are attaching an invoice uh, to the email you send it to your customer. And then when the customer goes back and says, oh yes, this is great, but what about uh, this area back to the north? You're starting the whole process again. So this is manual. You need to wait a lot. And this is what uh, makes my colleague, a very smart uh, guy, uh, frustrated seeing the amount of repetitive work that is being done by his team. And he was telling me, oh, Jakub, you are the CTO, CPO for this uh, travel tech Y Combinator-backed startup. Tell me how can I build uh, this uh, Google Maps-like interface where my users just open a web page, they select an area of interest, and within minutes, because we are using cloud, this is 21st century, so everything can be done within minutes. We are presenting them some results uh, explaining these are the vessels that were discovered over this area. This is the class of the vessel. This is the type of the vessel. Uh, this is uh, maybe even their affiliation registration right uh, how can i how can we build it and uh, i was a bit naive at that point in my life i was thinking that well it's like with the rest of the tech industry right so if you want to deploy your prototype you will not have to harness uh, aws uh, on your own uh, 
if for a prototype Heroku or other the services of the type are, are totally sufficient, or, or maybe you will just use AWS Lambda, right, to run small pieces of code serverless, not really caring about Kubernetes, uh, EKS, ECS, scaling up and down, Fargate, etc. If you want to send an email, uh, you will not build your SMTP server yourself. You will use SendGrid or Twilio. And actually, Twilio, well, it's useful also when you send uh, SMSs, etc., etc. Right? Uh, you and your listeners know that there is plenty of tools when we are talking about typical uh, tech use cases. But when you are analyzing uh, satellite imagery, uh, when you are analyzing images that have a couple of gigabytes, then AWS Lambda is not enough for you because uh, the processing may take more than 15 minutes sometimes uh, you may need more than uh, the available uh, amount of uh, ram memory that is on lambda so you need actually to harness this uh, kubernetes eks fargate mechanism uh, then when we are talking about uh, presenting data. Uh, also, there is uh, not that many uh, tools. Uh, well, React, yes, React is a foundation, but then you need to code a lot in, in, in React to make uh, beautiful, uh, compelling analysis uh, ready for, for executives who are no uh, experts in, in geophysics or, or that type of thing. Right? So by digging into this, I realized, OK, there is huge difference between uh, this beautiful, shiny uh, industry of, of uh, technology that is uh, for general use and the technology that is being used in air observation industry. And uh, we decided to fill out this space. Okay, that's, I, I like the story because you sorted not one problem, you solved the many problems at the same time. So you solved the problem of things being slow, you solved the problem of uh, communication as well. Mm -hmm. and. You know, as you said, like you, you needed to rely on multiple technologies to build the, you know, I mean, before what you came up with. So they needed multiple components or multiple, let's say, point solution to, to solve their problem. And you brought everything there. Although like uh, Jakob, you are today the CEO, but I, I know that you were a CTO as well for, for quite some time. And I think, do, do you still do the technical part now or is it like... Uh, Partially you do it. Well, very little because uh, I'm uh, happy to to work with a fantastic uh, team, uh, also fantastic technical team. So uh, they are far smarter than me when it comes to programming, when it comes to uh, technology. Uh, sometimes I, I touch certain parts of the system uh, when it's uh, like about building something uh, for for one of our users when uh, when I, I need to make a demo then then this is the type of technology I'm touching but uh, I don't have to go deeply into the system and uh, I luckily we have much smarter people uh, on board that's that's the impressive uh, to to hear that from you um i've seen you have like long history in 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 tech i would say uh, like how how was the experience like i mean how you can maybe enlighten other people who want someday to become a cto and maybe they want to become a, either a co-founder as a cto or maybe a ceo uh, of their own companies because i've seen that you you've gained some some uh, experience with some big names uh, in the market and then you became cto yourself for quite some time and then you 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 went there so if you can just very um i mean like uh, give a some advice to 
fellow uh, people who are just starting maybe now or maybe if someone already they are in the tech industry and they want to um, you know go up to the ladder or maybe they want to be inspired to become there uh, to have their own uh, their own company well i think that's what is important uh, if uh, if you want to grow as a, as a leader is that uh, you take care of the team right and uh, that was uh, always uh, important for me to to be able to work with uh, great people uh, and in order to be able to work with those people i knew that i need to take the best care i can of uh, of the team uh, not that i always succeeded but at least i i i was trying hard to to take care of them and uh, i think that this is uh, one of the things uh, that that helped me to to grow that uh, i i was uh, well able to keep good things uh, good sorry good people around me and uh, having a good team you can achieve uh, great results and then the other thing uh, that uh, is important in my opinion is uh, to always uh, think about uh, product and business uh, sometimes uh, we technical people are uh, lured by technology on its own right oh this is so amazing this new framework i will do some refactoring and my code will look even better and uh, for me for for multiple years right because uh, i started programming when i was 13 uh, it was in 1995 around that period of time so previous millennium uh, and uh, i i spent a lot of time doing refactoring and enjoying oh wow this design is so beautiful uh, we've got classes we've got abstraction layers prototypes um, <laughs> interfaces uh, and and inheritance between uh, this and that so great but then what exactly. who cares how, how, what impact it has on on the product and what impact our product has on the lives of uh, other people uh, so uh, the the people that uh, i work with for well, like like uh, my technical co-founder uh, Michal, we we are working together since uh, 2009, 2010, together, and this is also an amazing thing about him that he's a great technologist, great hacker, uh, great programmer, great uh, product guy, but he's always thinking about how this will impact uh, the end user. Uh, will this make their lives better? If our refactoring eventually will make their lives better, if you can clearly say yes, then it's worth doing it now. But if it's not something that will, I don't know, with refactoring, we'll be able to much uh, to, to deliver much faster. If it's like, oh, a little bit faster. If we can delay the refactoring because it's it's not slowing us down that much, maybe we can postpone it and maybe we can focus on delivering the real value. And this is what I, 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 I respect, what I value in the technical people that they can, like, okay, technology is, is my my precious thing, but uh, I can look beyond it. I can, uh, I, I will seek for the impact uh, on, on, on the, for the end users. Wonderful. I also believe in, in of, of course, I'm a technical guy as well. But the main reason I came up with the idea of this uh, podcast actually is, you know, how we can do the bridging between tech, technology in general and businesses and technical people to let them think about business, right? Now, uh, final thing I want to ask you, because you mentioned about, you know, the past and the way you build now the current uh, startup you are having. Have you used, you know, the same concept of building maybe because you wanted to see how the business will like it or not, or the users? Did you use the concept of having a MVP, like minimal viable product at the beginning and, and then, you know, like 
based on the feedback you iterated is this what what you used in this uh, startup and the ones before this is exactly what we use sometimes you are unable to mvp something because uh, there is this theory of uh, peter Thiel, right zero to one i'm yeah. not sure if you read the book yeah uh, the... that uh, you cannot mvp everything and lean startup is uh, not an answer to everything and right. of course uh, but then majority of things uh, can be mvp to to certain extent you can uh, measure if people are interested in uh, this or that uh, in my previous company when we were uh, deciding whether we want to uh, build a subscription-based product for air travelers. This is tricky, right? Because as an air traveler, uh, you rarely have loyalty towards particular airline, towards particular uh, travel agency, towards particular vendor at all. Because uh, usually what you do is you go to Skyscanner Kayak and you just select the cheapest price. Right? Exactly. So, when we are we're thinking, okay, can we uh, at, uh, at my previous company, can we provide a subscription-based product for, for travelers? What we did at first is that we had like, uh, hey, we've got this product, uh, click here to subscribe. And actually, when you subscribe, we're telling you, thank you for your interest, uh, leave your email with us and we will be launching soon. Uh, only once we gathered the proper number of people that are interested in this product, uh, we uh, launched something, we invested a bigger amount of time into coding something. Okay, that's that's a good conversation, I would say, and I believe we need to make a uh, maybe a full episode about the two uh, schools, I would say, Peter Thiel School zero to one, and you know the Lean Startups School, um, because yeah, I agree with you. Like it depends on the concept you are trying to do, because zero to one is more really your product is very very innovative. You know, you you have a huge edge. You know, like people to copy your product they need maybe five years until they can copy you so this is where you will be in the one later right while in the lean yeah you know that you have some competition and then you know like but you keep iterating also the idea maybe you would be also pivoting the whole idea just to see um, how this will work on uh yeah, I may have one comment here, yes. uh, because we, we may think that, oh, great innovators like uh, Steve Jobs, right? Uh, they are the zero to one people. Uh, I'm not sure if this is really the case. I think that uh, Steve Jobs had this intuition that allowed him to take a lot of the input that others uh, will need to have surveys, will need to have uh, a lot of inputs, right? He, he had this intuition, had this good uh, eye and ear uh, for, for what the customers need. And this is what enabled him to uh, build something innovative, something that people want. And if you are building it tot in total isolation, right? If you are, oh, I don't need to listen to anyone. I, I just know. I, I, I don't think one can succeed in this setup. Yeah. I, I believe he's not in the zero to one. I believe maybe, of course, from the outside, it looks like uh, Steve Jobs, maybe he's a zero to one guy. But I think he was iterating all the times. He was listening. Yeah, maybe <laughs> not in the best friendly exactly. way that he like because of his nature. But yeah, I believe he was listening to the customers and he was always shifting the business the way it, it needs to go. Yeah. Jakob, I really enjoyed this um, conversation today. I hope like whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching it on, on uh, Spotify or YouTube, you enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. It was great to talk to you.